Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Este episodio de Salud Podcast es traído a ti por McDonald's, sirviendo orgullosamente a la comunidad desde 1965. Y uno de los recuerdos que más tengo guardados es cada viernes después de que mi madre nos recogiera a mí y a mis hermanos de la escuela, nos íbamos a McDonald's para nuestra cajita feliz. Ese momento al abrir tu cajita y ver el monito que te salía era de pura diversión. Y uno de los recuerdos que más me resuenan cuando me Acuerdo de McDonald's y por eso me encanta. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Salud Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quintero, and I'm very excited today porque es Día de las Madres. El día de hoy, 10 de mayo, el día oficial, el mero día para nuestras madrecitas en Latinoamérica. And I wanted to bring over my friend Stephanie Money to this conversation and to this episode once again. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you for having me. I love doing this podcast. It's, I, fun. it's funny because Stephanie, oh, every time we end up doing a podcast, she's like, hey, me puedes invitar a otro. Hey, <laughs> I have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of uh, research on a lot of topics. So this is a great way to still keep uh, essentially my degree in news, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It, it, it's interesting because también los dos somos bien platicadores y habladores. And we just like to talk about random topics. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode because it's going to be a little... What happened last week, Stephanie? Oh, God. Okay. So in terms of the courts, uh, there was an opinion from the court elite um, about Roe v. Wade and mm. how they want to overturn, overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, there's a lot of feelings there and a lot of stuff happening. You know, it wasn't supposed to be leaked because the court is supposed to be kind of kept away from public for some reason. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, this essentially... Can I just, can I just <laughs> say something? I literally texted you as soon as uh, uh, this came out, Roe v. Wade, y te pregunté, oye, explícamelo porque no lo entiendo muy bien. And... If I'm being completely honest, yeah, I'm ando bailando con Berta ahorita. So my fuck up moment of last week, it, because when you work in media, you get tired of reading news articles y todo eso. So when uh, there's articles about um, laws and whatnot, I automatically turn to Stephanie because she likes <laughs> to read all this shit. Tell me why I thought Roe v. Wade, and again, soy hombre. Obviously, it doesn't excuse me, but we do know Roe v. Wade is more towards, um, I, I don't want to say it's, but it is, you know, abortion is more para mujeres. 
But I thought it had to do with the education system. Oh, God. I know which one you're talking about, but no, it's not. You know? doesn't have to well i mean it's not necessarily abortion as what i understand from it is more privacy rights oh and your right well, to privacy you too okay so, entonces, uh, <laughs> si, si, si tengo en este entierro. yeah essentially anyone that you know has a uterus um, oh wait that what would it be i don't have or, a uterus wait do men have you <laughs> men don't have uteruses no we don't well, yeah there is trans you know oh okay yeah yes, so yes. it's essentially any folk who has a uterus uh-huh. It, it applies to them and also your right to privacy, which is, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, so what it, like what ended up happening is that they leaked this opinion from the court. Yeah, lo que yo entiendo, because I'm not an attorney, mm. pero lo que yo he estudiado es como esencialmente que dicen que this is what they're they're ruling towards. Like essentially they're kind of building their argument why they want to strike it down. Mm. This is really surprising because we had Roe v. Wade for such a long time. So many women have died, women and, you know, folks have died for this decision, for, for it to be been placed back in 1970-something. Like, mm-hmm. So it was surprising to see, porque surprising and not, the court is like a little bit more conservative. And this goes to show how, you know, essentially appointing a court justice has long-term effects even mm. after you leave presidency. Because this is also because Trump appointed some court... Yeah, some Kavanaugh judges. and then also um, La Mujer. La, la otra, ¿no? No sé cómo se uh, llama. Uh, Barrett. Bennett. Bueno, es, es la mujer, but I know Kavanaugh. But it, you know what, talking about Kavanaugh right now, todavía me sorprende las cosas que puede hacer una persona para llegar a ser like Supreme Court Justice. Because I remember, I think that's obviously when Trump came into presidency, that's when I started becoming a little bit more aware of, uh, mm-hmm. of things politically. And I think a lot of people in our generation also started becoming more aware of what politicians said and what they brought to the table. So when and Kavanaugh was, um, I guess, doing his hearings in order to become a Supreme Court justice. You're there, like, listening to all the stuff that this fool has said and done, and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> ya este güey lo van a dejar entrar yeah. y, y hacer las decisiones? That was, a, that was my whole point, too. I was like, I, I, how is he an attorney, and how is he a judge, and then... I did not mean I could be a judge. I thought that in order to be a judge, you have to be essentially very unbiased and, yeah. you know, essentially have all these things and awards and stuff. And then listening to him, like, talk, I'm like, this is, you know, <laughs> is this the person that we're really trusting with these decisions? And this goes to show that you should probably vote carefully because mm. you never know what's what can happen. But to be devil's advocate in all this, a lot of what they were bringing up, uh, oh, I, well, okay, rewind, because there was a sexual assault, uh, uh, sexual misconduct with Kavanaugh. So excluding all that, uh, because there was a lot of things that he said during college, and there's a lot of things that he did during his college years. And just to be a devil's advocate on that aspect, should we definitely, or should we be judging somebody for something that they did in their past? And the reason I'm saying that, because of cancel culture, things keep evolving and whatnot. So what we probably say on this podcast 
right now or what we said in the first season, maybe five years from now, people are going to listen to it and be like, I can't believe they said that. True, true. But, you know, this is actually like inflicting pain into another human. So I think that's where we draw yeah. the line. <laughs> this is, well, yes. No, with Kavanaugh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, when he was so. accused by another woman, ahí sí te digo, ¿Y este güey lo dejaron entrar? So, but yeah, going, it's essentially, I thought the same thing, but going back to the topic of like Roe v. Wade and like how it's playing out in like courts too, it's, I don't, it was surprising to see. And when you texted me, I was actually bowling mm. and I hadn't, I hadn't really researched the whole situation because this is a leaked document. It's not supposed to happen. It never really, I don't think it has ever happened. So I'm thankful for the chismosos that leaked it. I know. <laughs> thankful to whoever it was a chismoso that went like, hold up. I got to send it to someone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yo, you I can't believe been... what I just read. No. <laughs> I would have sent that Yes, to don't show anybody. <laughs> Imagine. Don't show anyone. Tweets it. <laughs> I know, right? We all have that friend. Hey, te estoy contando. What the fuck? I am that friend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm Amy. adding myself right now. Me dicen, no me digas. No, no, no le vayas a decir a alguien. Y ya estoy ya, like, oh. So oh, I tweeted it. <laughs> I know. But but essentially, that's what happened. That's what happened. Somebody leaked the information and it wasn't supposed to be leaked. Yeah, and it's very surprising to me, to be honest with you, because going back into like the stats of abortion and everything else, I started doing some digging and I, I like stats. I like seeing numbers and I like seeing research behind it. And essentially what they're doing if they decide to strike Roe v. Wade, it kind of doesn't make sense because when you see the trend of abortions, it actually has been going down over the last few years since Roe v. Wade. Oh. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense to strike it. And it's just, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of protection into Roe v. Wade. And I think there there is something of like loss of privacy and stuff like that. Um, and I'm very surprised of the same people that go, I'm not going to get a vaccine because it's my body, my choice. Mm. They do not apply to the, to the women that want to get a, like an abortion or like the folks that want to get an abortion. So. Yeah. There's some double standard, like, oh, I have a right to decide over your body, but you don't have a right to decide over my body if I want to get the vaccine or not. But yeah. and I think this is where I get a little bit mad and I am a man of faith. I do believe in God, but I also do understand that there has to be. Um, um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Separation of uh, state and church. Church and state. Yeah. Church and state. So because the minute you start in uh, involucrando religion, Somebody's going to come and be like, well, why are you imposing your religion beliefs on me if I don't even believe in what you believe in? That's my whole issue, too, because so a lot of the folks that I have seen argue for very like pro-life, it's very religion based. And, you know, I'm I'm not going to, you know tell you that what you believe in is wrong whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about loss and we're talking as a place as diverse as the United States, you cannot just impose your religion onto anyone. There is the first amendment for that. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a right to practice whatever religion you want. And as a matter of fact, I will fight for you to practice that religion. As long as you don't impose those beliefs on me, mm-hmm. 
there's there's laws for that. And so when we're going to be basing arguments on laws, I mean, arguments on, on religion or laws on religion, it's a very dangerous slippery slope. It's very, very dangerous because we start here and where are we going to end up? Because a religion, some people might misinterpret what the Bible says and say like, oh, it doesn't apply to this. It doesn't apply to that. And we're just going to end up in a religious state. That's my whole fear where it's just kind of like a slippery slope. But how do we yeah. even get to this point? Like, see, nosotros sabemos that the First Amendment gives us the right to practice whatever religion that we want because we live in the United States. Pero todavía aquí tienen eh, esta gente imponiendo, at the end of the day, their religious beliefs. I, I, I can't believe somebody has said like, yo, can I raise my hand? Like, lo que estás haciendo está mal, güey. That's, that's essentially what the Supreme Court is there for. <laughs> y so, so this is the whole thing of like, <gasps> This is what they're there for. They're supposed to be these really wise people, really unbiased people that just go. This so they're is the genius bar from Apple, essentially. Yeah, my whole situation is like they're not thinking ahead of time because if you strike this and we start going into basing laws uh, on religion, then we're going to end up in a really bad place. So you know, we complain about. Ya sea el Taliban or like places where there's very, there's a very religious state, but it's like we no tenemos también cola que nos pisen, you know, like we complain about these places and that have very like religious laws, and we're kind of going the same route, not as extreme yet maybe, but we are kind of going that route. That's my whole argument with it of like if we start here, where are we going to stop? And do you understand how many lives? are you putting at risk? Yeah. Because if a woman wants an abortion or a person wants an abortion, they're going to get it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Or they're going to try it at home. Oh. Because what has happened before is that those who had the funds to do it, they would just go to another country and get an abortion there. And those who didn't have the money, they will stay here and try it at home, which yeah, is really, really show. risky. A este punto estás poniendo dos vidas en riesgo de, yeah. de for a moral belief. Not a moral belief, but a religious belief because the, the, I believe the most of the medical community is for the rights of, of folks, you know? Yeah. And for the for a medical, you know, for it's something medical, essentially. It's a medical procedure. So, them, yeah, mm -hmm. so it's a lot. Uh -huh. I, I want to get uh, a touch more on the abortion in a bit, pero ahorita volviendo a the Supreme Court justice, I am obviously not aware, and I'm just going to assume that most of the Supreme Court, if not all, is Catholic or Christian. So uh, the reason that I'm saying is I know we're seeing some progress in the first African-American uh, Supreme Court justice. We have the first uh, Latina, Sonia Sotomayor, and then there's, well, so there's three women, essentially, and there's six men. I want to know, obviously, we need more diversity in the Supreme Court justice, but do we also need more diverse? I mean, yes, we do need more diversity also in terms of beliefs. Because if they're all Catholic and Christian, then there's going to be a lot of similarities regardless, Democrat or Republican. But if we add a Buddhist or, or a, a, I don't know, Muslim or, or agnostic even uh, Supreme Court justice, 
then the tides turn, then their way of thinking is turned, and then obviously... <sighs> yeah, um, my whole issue with it too is like they are appointed for life. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to, but now I'm kind of seeing it. At first I was like, this makes sense, but now I'm kind of seeing it of like, is it really the best way to do it? Because, you know, culture and everything changes. Yeah, just look and at the last opinion, 10 years. Yeah, in my opinion, like, they're, the, those who are in the older generation tend to have different views than I do, mm-hmm. tend to see things like even on the fiscal sense and everything else way different because the culture has changed. The generations has, have changed. And I'm like, should we really have someone like that? And should we have them appointed for life? <laughs> I saw someone say, like, wait, can we just get nine random, like, judges per decision across the nation, just rat nine random judges at the federal level or whatever it is, and have them decide on it? <laughs> oh, every time as opposed to just have... Mm. I mean, I saw someone tweet that, and I was like, you know what? That kind of actually makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about it, like, uh, I mean, things that have changed in the last decade as Latinos, I know we've I've always said we were the majority, but now I feel it. Now I feel like el poder de los Latinos, the power of the Latino voice. And we've been emphasizing that uh, for the past 10 years. But even things such as climate change. Uh, you know, these Supreme Court justices are essentially going to decide the future of this planet at the end of the day. Because um, there's a clock, and I know it's in New York, that basically tells us how many... The doom, oh my God. Every time people say it, I'm like, fuck. Uh, So it's the doomsday clock, which basically says how many years we have left until we can actually do something about climate change before it's irreversible. And it's about, it's a little over seven years. And uh, I think we're talking about different clocks. The one that I'm thinking about, oh, it damn goes it, there's like, a, another one. Midnight. Yeah, it's like the one to, of midnight. Uh-huh. And it's like 30 seconds, whatever seconds we're out till midnight. Which is And like, um, this one was created because of uh, the, the Cold War, I believe. Wait, but what, what is that? What, hey, is that one's called like, the Doomsday Clock. But, but and, is that the, is different from climate change? I'm like, um, I think they, they they like put it back one time because of climate change. And there's like um, right now we're like the closest we are <laughs> to. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the doomsday clock is a symbol that represents the likelihood of a man-made global catastrophe. So things that can affect it are obviously like the Soviet Union, maybe doing another Russia, missile, yeah. Russia, uh, freaking Hiroshima affected it and, and whatnot. Dang. Well, the one that I'm talking about is the climate change uh, clock, which basically says we have a little over seven years to do something about climate change before um, we can't literally do anything. It doesn't even matter if everybody goes electric uh, in seven years. If we don't do anything before those seven years, then we're still screwed. And then that means the world is going to get harder. And if things get harder and people are like, ah, if it's 110, what will 111.5 do? Bueno, it's going to affect us. Water's yeah. going to start evaporating. Plants are going to start dying out. That means there's going to be less oxygen. The fucking bees. I did not know that if yeah. the bees, you guys. Insects, everything. Yes. No, hold up, hold up. It. 
I read uh, in, uh, that if bees were to be extinct, and I know we're like <laughs> going off topic, if bees were to be extinct, we can only survive for a couple of days. And I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? There's people in the spaceship. People don't get I was that like, one. What the hell? Like next time I see a bee or a hornet or any of that, I'm gonna be like, you do you. You do. I don't know hornets count. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know. There's like certain bees that actually pollinize like Okay, plant. bueno, pues entonces no más. No sé si son esas, no sé. I bueno, don't know. Be nice to the bees. Be nice to the bees porque pobrecitas, we need them. Yeah, they do a lot. Oye, they do a lot. Speak like going about um uh abortion, there was a a term. No, there's not a term. There's a phrase. I'm over here like there's a term. There's a phrase that basically says like we're clearly putting an emphasis uh in laws that affect women when men can pollinize. Uh 365 women per year. So that means they can have or 300 more. or more. They can have 365 oh. kids a year. And women essentially can only get pregnant once a year. But yet we put out the burden and responsibility on like contraceptives on women. Oh, I have a lot to say about this. So get ready for it because no, no. Adelante. I have a lot to say about this. I do not understand that because if we're going based on if we actually want to prevent prevent unwanted pregnancies without having an abortion and you take that out, then rightfully so one you either expand health like health benefits pay essentially prenatal care postnatal care of the woman or of the person carrying the child because you have to lose work and all kinds of things like then the child support has to start early essentially the state will have to will have to or should have to wait um or take on like the the salary of the person carrying the child That's to begin with. Another one is, why don't we just force vasectomies into every man out there or every person that is like, can inseminate a yeah. person? Like, why don't we just do that? It, it's, Because then, no, you know. I, I agree. I agree on that. And I've heard that vasectomies are reversible, right? Not as, not as like accurate. We're not there anymore. That's another oh, thing that it. I have with the medical community that is very like, we need to cater to men. There are, there are golden children because birth control, if you Google it, and I have been through this struggle trying to figure out the right birth control that doesn't make me essentially have the worst side effects in life mm. or doesn't, you know, affect my bone density. And I could have a, like a chance of like breaking a femur or something I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, there's nothing out there for men except like condoms. Like, and it, and the vasect vasectomy, it can be reversed, but it's not as like accurate and it's actually not covered by insurance. I figured this out. What? Staying. Yep. And I wonder how much a vasectomy <laughs> costs. So I am not opposed to getting a vasectomy if me and my like partner decided on that. I'm just afraid of that because I do want to be a father, but I am. But it's also something that's very, I guess, not talked about as often. So I, I essentially don't know of somebody who has gotten a vasectomy and then probably reversed it, so I could feel safe doing it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think there's many people like that, to be honest with you, and it's not a hundred percent 
accurate. It's not, it's never going to be a hundred percent. And most of the time the reversal is not covered by insurance. That's what I know. At least for my insurance that I Googled, it's not covered. And you have like one of the best ones. You work for the city. Yeah. It's not covered because I researched that and I was wondering about it. And it's, it's not covered on there that like, at least under my coverage. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, it's also not that much. I just Googled it right now. It's anywhere between zero and a thousand dollars to reverse it. No, no, no. To get one. Oh no, I'm talking about the reversal. Like oh. the reversal of a vasectomy is not covered. If a vasect if you want to get a vasectomy, it's most of the times covered. Uh-huh. Oh, but okay. Reverse it, it's another mess. <laughs> mm, oh. <gasps> no. The vasectomy reversal costs can run anywhere from just eight hundred dollars, which I'm like, okay, to more than seventy thousand dollars. The cost oh. by most leading urologically experts run from about eight thousand to fifteen thousand, with a f- with a few as high as seventy thousand. Wow! What the? F- oh God! Well, no. no wonder men are like, nah. Once nah. they research it, yeah. But essentially, the weight on like birth control gets put mostly into women mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, or you know, into like people. Yeah, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if we get pregnant. It gets blamed on us, and more than likely, you're you can become a single mother, all these kinds of things. And siempre, siempre escuchas esta. Ay, pues no se, no se, no se cuidó. But you don't. People don't understand how much birth control one is, how much stress it puts in your body. I could personally tell you the shot I used to take a a shot like, um, it's like a depo depo something depo provera, and you can only be on it for two years. And after two years, you run the risk of your of your bones essentially having a superosis early in life. So it's kind of really insane about it. And then um, the pills like change your mood. You gain about like five something pounds per year that you're on it. And I was on it for a really long time. Okay. Um, so I had to I have to now come off off of Depo Provera, and now I have to figure out a new birth control. And it's just like a whole mess. And I'm like. There's nothing for men out there. And the earliest, earliest, earliest we can have it, maybe because I saw an article that they were trying it out. It's maybe 10 years from now. What the hell? <laughs> They're like, we we have made strides towards making a hormonal men, men birth control. Mm-hmm. And then they go 10 years from now. So I know both of us are pro-choice, but at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't matter just because it's your body, your choice, and you get to decide what you want to do. Uh, with it. Uh, but then there's also a lot of women, and we've talked about it, um, that see abortion as a contraceptive method, method. because um, when we were discussing this topic on air, on radio, there was um, somebody who used to work at an abortion clinic and said that a lady was on her 15th abortion, and the doctor was like, I'm going to have to make you sign something because this is ridiculous this is your 15th abortion with us and i'm like dang so to be the devil um the devil's advocate on that one the fact that you see one or two outliers does not mean that everybody does that Mm -hmm. they actually researched most of the time most of the time women cite 
like financial reasons. They're they're being financially responsive responsible. And as as rightfully so, because you some of them don't have medical leave, some of them don't have parental leave. You know, but we don't have a place where where uh what is it child caring or essentially child care subsidized by government. There's mm. really no no such thing as that. So a lot of them cite that and a lot of them cite like their partners also don't want a child. Yeah. So therefore it's like, yeah, you can say that you've seen someone have 15 abortions, but like that's, that's one not out the of rule. A, yeah, that's, that's one. The, that's of, not the rule. That's maybe the exception. Maybe for like, I don't know how many women you will see one case like that, but are you really going to put the life the life at risk of so many people for just one person that you have seen? Yeah. And this ultimately leads to, you know, laws should be made into consideration of everybody. Um, and they should be made um, like as an unbiased opinion. And your religion has no, no place in law, essentially. Yeah. It is the way it should be. So some women are meant to be mothers. Some women, there's uh, a chiquita, as you says, oh my God, I... I can't wait to be a mom. I feel like that is my calling. Would you say that is your calling? I would say I I actually didn't want children up until recently. Mm. Um, but I want to wait up until I can give them everything, you know? So I guess it's my calling eventually, but not now. And I could say definitely Stephanie of like in college, it was definitely not her calling at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's also something of like, you know, you have to maybe develop into it or some people, you know, some people never want to be parents and that's, that's okay. That's okay. Question. I don't, you know. Uh, oh, right now when you said like, oh, I want to be, uh, you said I want to be ready or what does ready look like? Just because I've always asked this question for people who like, oh, I'm going to wait till marriage when I'm ready or I'm going to wait till uh, I have kids when I'm ready. But then when I actually talk to people who are married or talk to people who have kids, they're like, well, um, uh, yeah, I was not even ready, even though I was ready. I understand that you never could be fully ready, but for me, it's more of the financial responsibility of it. Mm. I grew up in essentially, you know, I was like almost poverty where sometimes I, I didn't know if the lights were going to be on, if the gas was going to be okay, all these kinds of things going to my head. So that's why I'm like, I want a stable household, first of all, somewhere where they could call home. And, you know, I want to give them the most attention. I don't want to be always working and everything else. Like, I don't want to be always hustling. I want to have time. I, and uh, like, I, you know, we, my partner, I agree. Like my boyfriend, I agree that we want to have time. We want to be financially responsible. So I think that will be, you know, the, uh, the timeline will be like once we're financially okay. Like, and also I, for me too, uh, once I feel ready mentally of like, okay, I done a lot now, <laughs> you know, yeah. now is the time. And that's, that's where I feel like I'm at where I like to plan things like that ahead. Would I you understand that you can never be fully ready, but once you have that financial setup, like already there, it will be easier for me to go. Okay. Yeah. Now it's mm -hmm. time. In retrospect, uh, I think 
And I mean, my mom got married when she was 21. She had me at 22. I think of, of her 20, like me at 22, I was <gasps> definitely not ready to have kids. Nope. I don't know if she was ready to have kids, but she had kids. And I know she's wanted them from the moment she found out she was pregnant because of the love that she demonstrated towards us. Would you say that is the same case for your mom? I don't think my mom was ready. I don't, I think she had a lot to accomplish and she didn't get to it because she became a mom. And I understand, you know, I thank her for my life and everything, but at the same time, I would have understand it or, you know, my, <laughs> my person in the universe, whatever it is, multi-universe out there would have uh-huh. understand. She would have like chosen not to have me because I felt like she was not in the place to have a child. Do you think you know? that, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had that conversation with her. Like, did she, it ever, did it ever cross her mind? Like, I'm going to get an abortion. Or was it very Mexicana mentality? Like, no, pues te comiste tu domingo okay. siete, ya que ahora te aguantas. I think that's the more of the case. I don't know. I never actually asked, uh, but I feel like that was mostly the case. She was also a little bit older. Mm. So a lo mejor se le estaba acabando el tiempo, no sé. Uh, never had that conversation with her, but I, I kind of would have had, if I understand it, like if she would have gotten an abortion, me, I wouldn't have existed. I would understand it because ultimately yeah. like my whole thing is like, if you're not ready or if you're just going to send a child, you know what I mean? Like if you're not going to yeah, because it, them. It, it, essentially, and I'm just to give them a little bit of your background because you've shared it before when your mom had you, then she sent you with your grandma yeah and i was raised over there and it's kind of crappy having a you know and i understand also children in foster care even though i was not in foster care i'm like no i under i kind of get that because i i wasn't able to see I my mean, mom to, a, to an extent like you weren't with your mom or you weren't with your dad you were with a, a guardian which is your grandma away from your mom yeah so that's what i'm like people don't understand you know, those who are not ready to be parents, like there's a lot, they essentially, this whole thing just ruins a lot of people, you know? Yes. And I'm like, we carry a lot of baggage because of it. Like those who, you know, Mother's Day is a heavy like topic for not only me, but a lot of people who have strained relationships with their moms. And a lot of us, you know, I I don't know if I'm speaking for most of us, but we feel like we would have understand like if our parents would have had an abortion and never had us. I would have, I would have understand it because it would have maybe have her life be a little bit better. So ultimately, uh huh. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead, finish. So ultimately, you know, if my opinions don't have a, my opinions, my beliefs don't have a a place in law and don't have a place in somebody else's decisions. Mm-hmm. Thankful for the life that I've been given and for the opportunities of it, I been given but i'm never going to impose motherhood or parenthood into someone else that is not ready let's go ahead and take a break and when we come back let's go ahead and just discuss a lot of women and a lot of i guess people out there say hey if you don't want the child just give it up for adoption oh so let's go to a quick break and when we come back let's talk about that you do it all without breaking a sweat Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. 
even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. That's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. ¿Alguna vez has estado listo para sentarte y disfrutar de la televisión y luego te das cuenta que no sabes lo que quieres ver o incluso dónde empezar a buscar opciones? Cox Contour TV te facilita esa decisión con el entretenimiento que amas. Todo en el mismo lugar. Mira, televisión en vivo, programas en demanda, grabaciones de DRV y música. Todo con el sonido de tu voz con el control remoto de Voz Contour. No solo encuentra los programas que estás buscando, sino que también te brinda recomendaciones de romance, aventura o simplemente películas y disfruta. Si eres fanático de los deportes, captura la acción de golf y baloncesto que has estado esperando y obtendrás los puntuajes, estadísticas y resúmenes en tiempo real en la aplicación Contour Sports. Y si te gusta la transmisión, solo dilo para que lo veas en tus aplicaciones de suscripción favoritas como Hulu, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus y más con Contour Streamplay. Obtén más información en cox.com diagonal contour. And we are back, Stephanie. Ooh, we left off on a note where a lot of people have been saying, well, why don't you give the child up for adoption if you don't want it? Like, just don't have an abortion. So, I, I really... I despise that that solution and that idea and that solution because that actually doesn't fit, fits anything. The system is already overcrowded with children. And I don't know if you have ever spoken to someone that has been in foster care and has been in the system. It's actually really traumatizing for children. I, it's really traumatizing and it's heartbreaking what they have to go through. I haven't been, I haven't talked to anybody in the system. I've talked to parents trying to adopt a, a foster child and, and it's horrible. Just the idea that they have to fall in love with the child. They get to take the child home and then essentially be ripped. Like, le quitan al niño o a la niña y tú dices... Wow, that's harsh. And it takes years for them to actually adopt a child. Yeah, it takes years, years and so much money, like so much money. I had people that had researched how much, like how much money it takes just to adopt a child is upwards to like 20, 50 grand. Whoa. It's a lot. It's a lot between adoption fees, attorneys, like all these kinds of things. It's such a really long process. If they wouldn't make the process that hard, then I would kind of be like, eh, maybe, pero de todas formas, like children go through a lot. Like, yeah. you know, people, uh, children in foster care, sometimes ni les dan una mochila to bring their stuff. Like los meten nomás en, en bags and that's it. And sometimes like, They're not really cared for, like they get abused and it's just horrible. It's heartbreaking how 
you know, not, not to say it's wrong to give a child up for adoption. Sometimes that's the best choice that you have in hands. But to put that decision and in, in essentially overcrowd a system that is already being overcrowded and being worked to the maximum, it's it's not right, in and, my opinion. Yeah, and I think, uh, obviamente, los más solicitados, the ones that people want, oh. are babies. Uh, yeah. And essentially, like, they're the ones that get up for adoption. Unfortunately, it's these kids that are between 8 to 12 years old that probably are having it the worst that are like going to different people's homes and then come back and going and come back. And once they reach a certain age, it's like, well, I don't want a teenager as my first kid. So they just have to get phased out of the system until they're 18. Yeah, And that's where a lot of the problems occur. And unfortunately, and I know you have a lot more experience with social services, as soon as they turn 18, pues ahí los dejan a su suerte. Muchos estados, sí. Muchos estados, a lo que yo entiendo, los dejan a su suerte. In California, there is services to kind of like put you, like bridge you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, once again, the the, the system is it's overcrowded. It's overworked. You're talking to social workers who have hundreds of cases like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's heartbreaking because then these children, you know, many cannot, they're already traumatized. They don't have the resources, uh, you know, to get mental health, to get services. And then we just see the cycle of poverty and, and trauma just go all over again, yeah. all over again, all over again. And it's, it, that's, that's why I hate this argument too of like, why don't you just get like adopt the, you know, give it up for adoption. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to give out this like child that I did not want into a system that doesn't want them into maybe like a house that doesn't want them into like a system that is not designed for them. Like, am I comfortable with that decision? No. <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, uh, obviously I'm pro-choice, but abandonment is not okay, y'all. Like, unless that is the ultimate choice, but not like, oh, I'm going to keep the child, but then I'm going to give it away or I'm going to oh, abandon it. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what you're doing. And you're just propelling a system that was not built to handle overpopulation. It's not overpop. I mean, I guess overpopulation is just there's so many children out there and not like not enough resources like more like the United States doesn't want to put resources there, to be honest with they you. They want to put it into the out. military. Yeah, they put it in the military and it's like there's they're fighting for thousands. <laughs> they're fighting for our First Amendment rights yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like they're fighting for First Amendments and First Amendment rights out of like the country when we're just over here burning and it's like this is fine this is i know the meme this is fine this is fine (laughs) yeah and you know not to say we shouldn't do that but we also should take care of our own population here Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about a system that doesn't have we don't have universal health care like other places we don't have subsidized child care so where's the child gonna go when the parents are working like we don't have (laughs) innovate What, what did you we say? Don't have paid maternity leave, paid oh parental leave. Oh my god! Yes, leave. yes. Whoa, whoa. Like, if you ever have talked to anyone from out of the country, you had that privilege to talk to someone who comes with that, you know, who comes from a country that has those rights. You will get just you would just want to move. Like you want to pack your bags. Everybody, and move. Canadians. 
Canada, Japan, essentially, we're the only place in, you know, we're one of the few places, I think the only country that they counted that doesn't have parental <laughs> parental leave. Wow. So goes back to saying that if they want to ban abortions and ban Roe v. Wade, then maybe like not to say it's going to fix everything, but fits also the system flaws. Yeah. And need it's unfortunate. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that women, how many, how many weeks of uh, paid maternity leave do they get? Uh, here? Yeah. By, by law? Like three months, right? No, by law, zero. Oh, what? Yeah, by law, zero, dude. So, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so, it's the company that implements. Yeah, it's a company. Ah. And then for, so, which is interesting because also men get probably like six weeks, but I'm like, dang. I I mean, not to compare my puppy with, uh, with a child, but... I felt like I needed a good three, four months of bonding with that dog just to yeah. get, it, get them together. Y todavía ni así hace caso. So, <laughs> hay lugares que si te dejan más tiempo, and it depends on your company. Mm. It depends on really on your company. We don't have anything like across states que te diga you have to take, you can take this time off. Dang. There's like stories of people, you know, who have worked up until the day of delivery almost and i cannot phantom that because i have seen someone close to delivery and it's like jesus you're in pain like it gets uncomfortable like oh my god and then it's like they have to return to work right after if you don't have uh paid leave oh and that sucks yeah like it so it's like it's a system that is not meant for women it's not meant for children it's just meant for the men (laughs) Essentially, because we all know that if they get on a want to pray or, you know, if a man gets like this person like pregnant and they don't want the child, they're going to be like, yo, abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it yeah. doesn't affect them. And actually abortions, you know, they're they can be traumatizing. Like you have to take time off. Everything else It's not your first method of birth control. Also, birth control always fails. So final thoughts, Stephanie. Final thoughts. It's my body, it's my choice, and keep your religion out of my body and out of my uterus. Keep your opinions out of my uterus. Cuando quiera ser madre, si, si Dios me da el favor, voy a, ser, voy a ser madre, pero ahorita no. And ultimately, this is about women's, uh, women's health or, you know, for, this is about health. This is a public health issue. Because it's your yeah. body, your choice. I want to just close it off because hoy si es 10 de mayo, just sending out. I saw this over the weekend um, and, and I loved it. It said sending love to everyone on Mother's Day. Moms, moms to be. Moms trying to conceive. Those who have lost their moms. Stepmoms. Moms who have lost a child, those who stand in as moms, for those with painful mom relationships, those Mm -hmm. with two moms, those learning to forgive their mom, for those with loving mom relationships, those wanting to be forgiven by a mom. Oh my, it just gave me chills reading some of these, porque si es cierto, and especially the ones, and we've seen it a lot, 
I, I think maybe, I don't know if it, it's a generational thing or because social media now gives us access to stories like this. Mom's trying to conceive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pero también, also, those who have lost their moms, like, I cannot. I have a great relationship with my mother. Que la quiero mucho y le mando un abrazo. Yeah. Um, also, you mentioned it. Thank you to all the people that have become essentially my mom mm. <laughs> over the course of my lifetime. I cannot. takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. takes a village. And I thank all of those who have taken the role of, of mom for me, you know. I think my my stepmom, essentially. My mom, too. My grandma. Like, my in-law. <laughs> like, everyone that has ever taken me in for anything. Thank you. You do not know what it feels like to have, like, a, you know, Christmas dinner with, like, family. <laughs> and It's great. I just want to say that before Stephanie met her current boyfriend, uh, she hated Christmas. She... Yes. She hated Christmas. She hated every uh, holiday that had family to do, like any family-related thing. But now you have a family, and it is such an amazing, beautiful thing to witness you flourish into a woman that just loves love and loves your partner as much as you guys love each other. Yes, and now I do Christmas pictures, <laughs> which is great, which is great. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me on today's episode of Salud Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Please invite me again. <laughs> <laughs>